from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley, broadcasting from the Salvation Army National Headquarters here in Alexandria, Virginia. We hope your day is going wonderfully fantastic. And with me today are two very special people to our publications team here at National Headquarters, the assistant to the editorial director, Michelle Caceres. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Also with us is our uh, illustrious and wonderful producer, Elizabeth. Greetings, Elizabeth. Greetings and hello. And salutations to both of you on this fine, fine summer day. We're glad that you've taken a few moments to join us today. We're going to be sharing Michelle's recent interview with YouTuber, podcaster, and founder of the Barbu Agency, Natalie Barbu. Michelle, who in the world is Natalie Barbu? <laughs> Well, as you said earlier, she's a YouTuber and influencer. That's where most people would probably recognize her from. But in the past year, year and a half, she's really expanded her, you know, entrepreneurial ship skills, if that's even a word. And she has started her own podcast. She, for a time being, had her own clothing, um, like a shopping, like a website like a shopping website here <laughs> on like boutique online. And um, more recently she opened up the Barbu agency, which is a consulting firm. You know, someday I, I need to visit some of these boutiques online. I, I, my, my wardrobe is the same thing day after day. I wear this <laughs> uniform and I get home and I put on shorts and a t-shirt. Maybe, I, maybe she can help me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she actually shared a little bit in the interview how when she first started YouTube, um, what she would do is she would actually charge people, it'd be like $20 per client, and she would put together outfits for them. And that's how she kind of started. She would do like fashion and she thought she would be like a fashion consultant. <laughs> but as she's like grown up, her, you know, just her route has kind of changed into more marketing. She should, she could market to dads, you know, she could probably, I'll dress your dad for 50 bucks. You know? <laughs> yeah, she could. She's got good taste. <laughs> why, why is her, her message important? Why, why do we have her on the fight for good podcast? You know, the thing that struck me about her is how young she is. She's probably the youngest millennial I've ever interviewed. Like she, I think barely makes that generation, but for being so young, she is so smart. She's got a great head on her shoulders and she's just very clear with where she wants to go. And she's not one of those people that has dreams and talks about them. She's actually someone who does them. She doesn't really waste time imagining what it would be like owning your own business. She just goes out and does it. What do you think our listeners can learn from spending a few moments uh, giving a listen to Natalie? I do think that her story, just like the way she speaks is very motivating and inspirational. And if you do end up watching her on YouTube, you will be so motivated to kind of get your day started. That's some of my favorite videos are her day to day as an entrepreneur. And I'm like, why can't I do all this too? You know, it makes me want to juggle a hundred projects at one time. She's just very motivating and you just feel very productive when you kind of listen to her podcast or watch her YouTube videos. 
we encourage you to give a listen to Michelle's interview with Natalie Barbu. Natalie, go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I am a YouTuber, podcaster, content creator, and I also own my own business called Barbu Agency. So I started YouTube in 2011. So it's been quite a while since I've been on the platform. And I've just been doing it all throughout high school and college. And I did go to NC State University in North Carolina. I got a job out of college, and then I decided to pursue YouTube full-time. And then along with that, I've always just wanted to start my own business. And I really thought that I was good at helping others with creating channels, creating brands and personal branding. And so I started an agency where I'm now helping individuals with their personal brand, but also helping businesses with influencer marketing and influencer marketing strategy and PR. Did you ever expect it to become a full-time job? Never. So when I started, I don't think people were even getting paid on YouTube. So I don't think there was even income on YouTube yet. So it's a little different now because when people are starting, they know that it has the potential to be a full time job. But when I was starting, I had no clue because no one was doing it full time. I just was bored one day and wanted to film a video and see what it was like. And I just really loved the interaction with people online. And I've always been um into like videoing my like videoing and making home videos so the chance to put that online and like getting people to watch it was pretty cool um so yeah I had no idea that it was going to be a full-time job when I first started and what did you start out doing on YouTube like did you start like with the makeup videos like everyone else or did you jump right into like the lifestyle <laughs> yeah I definitely started with the makeup videos so all my first videos are like tutorials, makeup tutorials, fashion videos, hauls, which is really funny because I was 15 years old. I definitely did not know how to put on makeup, um, but it was just a fun way to be creative. And I, that's what I kind of saw everyone else doing. And those were the type of videos that I liked watching. So that's kind of how I got into that. And then it transitioned to lifestyle once I got into college. Yeah. And um, if anyone else wanted to start a career as an influencer, what advice would you give them? For me, I think the biggest advice is honestly just being authentic and posting consistently. So it kind of those two are the main things I would say, because a lot of times people think, oh, it's going to be an overnight success. So I'll just post a little bit and then they what they don't get the results they want right away or they don't get a bunch of subscribers or viewers right away. And so they kind of taper off and they start posting once a month and they just slowly fade out of it. So I think having that patience, but still posting consistently is really important because it is a slow and steady growth. Um, and it's an exponential growth. So you might only gain five subscribers your first month, but then the next month you'll gain 20 and then the next month you'll gain 300 and then the next month you'll gain 1000. So it is exponential. So it's not like if you gain only 20 subscribers a month, that's what it's going to be forever. Um, so I just, I want people to know that it is going to take time, but you have to be consistent or else people won't subscribe to you. Your videos won't get promoted. And then also being authentic. So a lot of times you might look at successful YouTubers or influencers and you kind of want to recreate what they do because they're successful, but they're successful for them being themselves. So I think being authentic and going into it, not being afraid to kind of show who you really are, being vulnerable, being yourself, it's going to go such a long way because when people say the market is oversaturated, I think it's just oversaturated when people are copying everyone else, but it's not oversaturated for people that are unique and who are themselves. 
Yeah, that's, that's totally true. Um, and you actually, so you went through college and you did YouTube throughout college, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then your experience is probably different from someone who went to like a completely different school. Right, exactly. So even if there's a million college YouTubers, there's not a million at NC State where I went, you know, and it's a totally different experience. And NC State is a school of 40,000 people. And it's a huge school that I'm sure a lot of them watch YouTube videos. So you'll have that in common with them as well. And then other people that are interested in going there, other people that are interested in going to a big school or people that are curious about a different school. So I think it's, your experience makes you unique, even if in general, yeah, there's a lot of 18-year-old girls that are posting vlogs, but your experience itself is what's going to set you apart. Yeah, definitely. And when you were in school, um, did you ever get referred to as like the YouTube girl? Uh, yeah. So in college, I later on in college, definitely like my junior and senior year, in high school, I tried hiding it. So no one knew about it in high school. I was so scared to talk about it. But once I got to college, I started talking about it. And people started recognizing me from like NC State blogs. So uh, in junior and senior year, I think most people that I surrounded myself with, and like most people in my classes knew that I did YouTube. Yeah, that's good. And so you used to work for a corporate job, um, but you left that to pursue your career as an entrepreneur. Can you kind of tell us about how you did that? Um, you know, what things you're working on and just what all like your, I guess, like daily tasks entail? Yeah, so I did, I majored in industrial engineering at school. And then I got a job at Accenture, which is a consulting company, um, right outside of college. And I started working in September. And then I actually quit in the end of May. So September to May, I was there for around nine months. And the reason why I quit was, I knew eventually I would quit to do YouTube full time. So when I did get my job, um, I got it like my first month of college, my senior year of, of college. So I got it really early on in senior year. So at that point, financially, I could not do YouTube full time. Like it just like was not feasible for me to live off of what I was making on YouTube when I got this Accenture job. And then as senior year went on, I realized, okay, I could probably start like really working and like doing YouTube full time eventually, like I started making more money on it. And I started realizing this is a lot more work, I, I could do this as a job. But even when I graduated, I like wasn't there yet financially. And then once I started working, my YouTube channel kind of picked up a little bit more. And I started making more money on YouTube than I was even at my corporate job. But I also was working a lot harder. So I was going I was every single lunch break of mine, I would go downstairs to Starbucks and work on YouTube stuff. I would wake up two hours early so I could work on that. I would stay up until 10 just working on that like every single day of the week. I really didn't have any like off period. Like I was if I wasn't at my job, then I was like working on YouTube or my podcast or something like that. And so it was just really overwhelming for me. And I knew that I wanted to quit because my job was really not fulfilling at all. I didn't love it. It's not something I ever wanted to grow in. Like it wasn't an industry that I wanted to be in. So I would look at like what my managers had and the positions that they held. And I was like, that's not really the path that I want to go. So I knew that I wanted to leave that job as soon as I could. And so after I started realizing that YouTube was actually more financially stable than my other job, I made the decision to quit. Um, and I had saved up a lot of money. So I wanted to make sure that I had saved at least a whole year's worth of expenses before I quit because I'm someone that like financial stability is really big for me. Like I don't ever want to just do something and like be worried about how I'm going to pay my rent or how I'm going to pay my bills. So once I knew for sure that I was able to quit and still be fine, then I made that decision. And it was a 
really great decision. I was so happy with it. And it's been over a year now. And it's still like the best decision that I've made. Like, I'm really, really happy with doing that. And now I can work on other things. Like I can, I started my agency. And now I put so much more effort into my videos and my podcasts. And I just have more time to do things that are going to help grow my own personal business, which has always been the goal. Yeah. And um, I remember watching your videos. I'm a huge fan. (laughs) And I remember watching your videos where you had like said that you were quitting and then you're starting your own company and and then you were moving to New York and your videos are just so motivating like you made me want to get up early and like start my day so um what did you have like an an end goal really like did you just did you know that it was just going to be YouTube or did you like have an idea like oh I'm gonna start this agency and I'm gonna do a podcast like did you know that all before you quit before you quit your job so Once I had quit my job, I had already known. So I already started the podcast when I quit. I started the podcast in March and I quit my job in May. So once I started the podcast, I knew I was going to quit my job. I knew that if it in the future, I would quit because I knew that it wasn't sustainable for me to do YouTube and the podcast with a full-time job when I was already pretty overwhelmed. So I knew that that was going to be the goal of mine. And then also once I I had this other idea for consultations and for this agency. And I was like, there's absolutely no way I can do this with working the full-time job. Like I can't even start this with doing it. So I made the decision that once I would quit, then I would immediately start working on that. And that launched in October. So I quit in May, end of May, and then the consultations and agency started in October. But I I knew before I quit, like what the plan was going to be. It shifted a little bit, but I like knew exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. And was it scary leaving your full-time job? Um, Not really because I had that stability in the savings. It wasn't as scary. I was honestly more excited than anything. Um, I think I was scared for my telling my subscribers. I was really scared about that because I knew that a lot of people came to me for my corporate content. So a lot of people were like, oh, I love that you have a full-time job and do YouTube. Like, I love that you're just not another YouTuber. And so I was like, crap, like I'm now going to be just another YouTuber to them if I don't have this job. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, people like my channel, hopefully for me, not just because of my job. So, and also I'm not going to live my life because of what they think, you know, like, I mean, that's so unhealthy if like you're making decisions based off of other people. So I was just doing what's best for me. And honestly, the response was really great. Like 99.9% of people were so supportive. I think I got like three negative comments. Like it was like, not it was not at all what I was expecting. I was really happy about it. Yeah. And, um, I feel like maybe, I don't want to say you started the trend, but shortly after you did it, um, you know, other YouTubers like Brooke Michio and Katie Bellotti, they also left their corporate jobs. Um, and I think I saw in Brooke's video, she said the same thing. She was really scared that people were going to say that she's unrelatable, but all of you guys do such a good job though, of showing us your day-to-day tasks because being an entrepreneur, being an independent consultant, like, that's hard work. That's like more work than just going to a corporate job and your boss telling you what to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. You do a great job at showing us what your day to day looks like. Thanks. Yeah. And that's one thing. Cause like even myself, like I don't want to watch someone that's just like going to the grocery store and going to an exercise class and like walking around and that's like, Oh my God, I'm so busy. Like, no, like I, I always knew that if I, I never want to just be on YouTube one, I just never want to rely on another platform. Like that just scares me. So I want to always have like my own thing separate from that. Um, but I just, I know that 
I want to grow a business one day. And that's always been a goal of mine. And YouTube has given me that platform. So yes, YouTube is running a business, but it's also given me the platform to start my own business and have already that audience and those initial like first customers or consumers or whatever that may be, but it gives me the platform to start it. Oh yeah, that's great. And you kind of already answered this, but have you always been very career driven? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I was younger, always I've wanted to start my own business. Like that's always been the goal for me. So even when I was younger, I would like always make like news talk shows with my siblings and like force them to do it. And I had like this news reporter show when I was in like fifth grade and like I had uh, I wanted to be an author. And so I would write chapter books and I would read them in front of my parents. And then I would when I was 16, I think, and I had a YouTube channel already, and I posted a video about me being a personal stylist, and I would charge people $20 on PayPal, and then I would pick out outfits for them and send and ship it to them. But the fee for like the styling fee was like 20 bucks. And I did that and I had like three customers. But like, I've always wanted to do, like, start my own thing and like, do something a little different. And or whatnot. So I think I've always like my parents always knew that I was never gonna like stick to that job forever. Like they, they were just like, okay, stay for a year and then see where it takes you stay for two years, see where it takes you. But it's just been like, a huge opportunity for me to be able to quit after only nine months. Like that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And you had talked about like, you always knew you wanted to own your own business. Um, did being an influencer kind of guide the whole like marketing part of it? Or did you want to work with something like fashion or like in news that you were kind of talking about earlier? Um, I think as I've gotten older, I've now wanted to do more marketing and strategy rather than like fashion and news stuff. That's more like when I was younger, that's what I was interested in. But I think YouTube and, and social media as a whole has taught me how much I really like marketing and how much I like strategy. So like, I've always started these like random businesses and all of this stuff. But like, my favorite thing is like starting the business, coming up with how you're going to advertise it and then doing that. So I think marketing is just like what I'm really good at and what I really like. And also like the strategy behind it and like personal branding, like building your own brand on social media. Yeah. And what is your style? Like if someone were to hire you as a marketing consultant, like what are some things that make you different from other marketing agencies? Yeah. So I think that for me, what I really wanted Barbu Agency to be is one, a more personal approach. I don't just want it to be like an algorithm where you plug in your campaign and you it spits out a bunch of influencers and that's it. Like I really wanted it to be like a boutique agency where it's very personal and you're working one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one with me and my intern um, and hopefully as it grows like more employees. But uh, I also think a lot of people on the agency side are not influencers themselves. And so I feel like I have that advantage that I am on the influencer side. And I've seen so many brands that as an influencer, I've been like, okay, you could be doing this better. I wouldn't do this. Or this is like, not the best way for you to do this campaign. Or like, they'll ask me to do things. And I'm like, my audience would hate that. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not something that is going to work. And so I feel like it's just because they don't have that influencer side of like they don't they just don't know what it's like to be on the opposite side and to connect with an audience because all they know is like marketing which is great and I'm not saying that they're bad at all because they're so good at what they do but the difference is that I also know how to connect to an audience firsthand and so I think that's like the biggest thing and that's what I hope brands realize that when they're working with me I'm really going to pay attention to like how the audience reacts to it and really making sure that the creator knows that like we trust them with what they are going to deliver because they know their audience best uh, and kind of trying to explain that to the brand. And then I also want to educate 
um, brands and individuals. So that's why I have an Instagram account with a bunch of like tips and um, like how to grow a channel, how to grow an Instagram, what this means, how you get paid. And I want it to be an education resource as well, because even that like that's just like free content, you know, on the Instagram, but I want people to really be informed on like social media trends and what influencer marketing is and kind of use it as an educational tool as well. So I think that's like how I'm going to differentiate myself. So now that like we're in the middle of COVID, um, how has that kind of changed or shifted your your company? Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely starting a business in the middle of COVID is probably like, what, you know, <laughs> not the smartest thing. Um, but it's honestly allowed me so much time to work on it. And everything I'm doing is digital. And I really want to highlight that, like, you how important a digital presence is. So honestly, COVID has been great for me to see um, how to make like, how to start a digital company. And the how like, being on, on social media is so important. Like companies that are not on social media that were only in person right now are struggling a lot more than if they had like that social media presence to connect with their audience, even when they're not physically there in person with them or to connect with their customers, even when they're not physically there in person. So I think that um, it's honestly given me a lot more ideas on how I would implement strategy as well. Like for example, if a restaurant, you might not think of a restaurant owning or having social media because like, maybe just posting some pictures of their food, but like they don't have a lot of followers or something. But during COVID with restaurants shut down, I think a good idea for some of them would maybe be to post like cooking videos about their favorite recipes so that they you can still have like that restaurant food at home. And that's how you would implement social media with that or like meal delivery kits or like home like takeout and showing that on social media versus like a restaurant that is just closed during COVID and doesn't have any social media presence, they can't connect with their customers. So I think it's honestly showed me like how important it is to have that digital presence to connect with people. Um, so another thing, you know, um, you've actually been pretty open about your faith online. You're not like, I mean, you don't like start like giving ceremonies or anything like yeah. that. But you, you are, you're very open about it. Um, do you ever receive any backlash when you talk about those kind of things? Honestly, no, I, I think that my audience is very open with, uh, and like open to hearing what I have to say. And a lot of people actually, I've received a lot of not compliments, but a lot of people will DM me and be like, Hey, thank you for talking about that. Like, I really needed to hear that. Or I'm glad that you're not silent about your faith. I'm glad that you're actually talking about it or I'll get requests to talk about it more sometimes. And I think even people who might not be, um, not, might not believe the same thing I do or not have the same faith that I do. They appreciate the vulnerability and the, the fact that I am open about something online and it, it is a very respectful way, you know? So I actually think that it has helped a lot of people. Like a lot of people are like, thank you. I need to hear that. Or I'm glad that I found someone who is like a Christ follower on YouTube that, cause that is something that a lot of people look for that they're not sure if people are or not. Um, so I think that if anything, it's made me closer with a lot of my followers with believing that same thing. And also even my followers that don't share the same faith as me, it's like we mutually respect each other. And I think that's always really important for me is to my channel to be a very like respectful place of everyone. Um, so I'm glad that they respect me as much as I respect them. So I think I've, I've really fostered like a great community online. Yeah. And that, that is really rare. Um, when you first started talking about it, was it something like, did you ever reserve yourself from talking about your faith or was it something that just kind of you casually mentioned and you didn't even like think twice about it? 
Uh, I think it's scary at first because you don't know how people are going to take it. And you also, I feel like a lot of times you might, you don't want to say the wrong thing. Or if you are talking about your faith online, then you, you are sometimes put under more of a microscope, like, oh, well then why are you doing that? Or why are you doing that? Or why are you wearing that or whatever? So I think that that can be scary putting yourself in that position. But I, it's something that I've grown up with my whole life in terms of like, I've always like gone to church and my family's been very open about talking about it. And my friends have been open about talking about it, that it honestly just felt natural once I felt comfortable in front of the camera to talk about that as if I was talking to a friend, because I do talk to the camera as if it is like my friend. So (laughs) if it's something that I would tell a friend, then it's something that I feel comfortable about telling online. And I just learned to like really trust my community and trust my audience. So it's actually, um, it did come naturally, but it was still like scary because I know that it's like, you never know how it's going to be received. Right. Oh, especially like with everything going on recently, you know, like someone says something and even though they could have all the best intentions, you know, you never know how people are going to take it on the other end. So it's definitely very brave that you even were open about that, um, especially too, because you're, you're so young. So I think you like probably first talked about that when you were even younger and you never know how someone's going to react to like what you say, especially like you said, if you said the wrong thing by accident or something like that. Right, right. Um, so you've also made a lot of huge life decisions. You left your corporate job, you moved to New York City. When you did all of that, like, um, what is your process when making those life decisions? Do you rely on family and friends for advice? Do you turn to God? Like, how do you kind of make those decisions? Yeah, I think it's um, a combination of both. I mean, I always want to trust my gut feeling. And I always do like pray about any major life decisions that I'm doing. And I hope that I am on the right path. I mean, for me, it's funny, though, because like, for example, when I moved to New York and quit my job, like, everything fell into place. Like it was like, this makes no sense of how everything is falling into place. So I quit my job. And then so actually, backtrack. So I was on my way to a vacation, like right before I had quit my job, and I was about to quit right after I put in these like eight days PTO. And so I on my way to this vacation, my car, I got in an accident, and it was a very like minor accident. It wasn't bad at all. But my car got totaled because of like the way the person hit me and my car is pretty was pretty old. And so it was more expensive to repair the car than to total it. And so I my car got totaled. So I got paid out since it wasn't my fault since someone had hit me. I got paid out for the car. And then I was immediately moving to New York. So like, it, I didn't even need to deal with the hassle of like selling my car. So I was like, wow, like this is the best car accident. because <laughs> No one got hurt. And now I get money for my car without ever having to sell it. And then I come, I get the rental car, like the insurance is paying for the rental car, like the entire time. Then my someone finds a subleaser for me right away. Like right when I'm like looking to move to New York, I have a friend that's like, Hey, I'm looking for an apartment. Like, do you know of anyone? I'm like me, like you can sublease from me. And she was friends with my roommate. So it actually ended up working out. And then my, I had a friend here in New York that was looking for an apartment, like the month that I was planning on moving. And so we found this apartment and our first apartment actually like fell through. And then the last, the one that we're living in now came up out of nowhere. Like it wasn't even on the market and it came up out of nowhere and we saw it and we like signed like the same day that we saw it. And it's like, I'm so happy living here. You know, it just like all kind of fell into place. And to me, that's like such a God thing. It's like, wow, like that doesn't happen. You know, like these things don't happen the way that they're supposed to happen unless I think like God puts them into place. And so that was just really nice, like having everything like 
I, it wasn't like as even though some moments were stressful overall I like trusted in God and like it ended up working out um and then I do rely on family and friends but I think the best thing for me is to work on it individually like pray about it myself and trust my gut with whatever like God is telling me so for me that was the biggest thing was just like how do I feel about it and what do I feel like God is telling me through this through all of this so that because um, I feel like when you get a lot of other opinions and outside opinions, it can get a little like messy. Like you're like, oh no, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do because everyone's telling you a different opinion. Uh, so that's kind of how it worked for me. So I definitely am a big believer in prayer and just going with what you feel like is inside of you. That was Natalie Barbu. Well, that's going to end this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to follow Warcry and Peer Magazine on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. For for more information regarding Natalie Barbeau and other podcasts, please go to www.thewarcry.org. We thank you for taking a few minutes today and joining us. And until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Bye for now. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.